yeah, um, I started writing a bunch of like angry poetry this morning because like I've been thinking a lot about the state of the world and the like hopelessness <laughs> that I'm feeling. I don't know about you, but 2020 showed us and onward showed us that like the system and institutions are really not equipped for anything. <laughs> um, and the more time that goes on, the more things that happen, the more it feels like I can't do anything about it. And so then I think the thing that's been <clears throat> that's been weird to me is um the intensity in which like we lived the last like two years or whatever and then just like the complete complacency that humans go back to like people were like saying it was going to be like the absolute end of the world and like we were like that like that like that our leaders were like you know like whatever but the moment that like someone who's like like milk toast is in power and like the moment that like we can pretend that like COVID doesn't exist anymore. And like people are just like people for the most part just want to be able to apathetically like live their lives. And I think that is something that I have noticed that has been weird. And like, I think I even feel the same way sometimes where it's like, I don't know, people, people are lazy people. <laughs> yeah. I think the, you know, a lot of people might say that, uh, I can't remember if I asked you this question or if you had answered it. Uh, the, do you believe humans are evil by nature? Um, I, I think I said, I can't even remember what I said for that, but I think I said, no, I think I said we're a blank. I think I said yeah, we're like yeah. a blank slate. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I agree with that, but also I think that like humans tend towards laziness like not laziness but just like the path of least resistance and i think that's just like it's true the nature of nature that it always just finds the thing that pushes back on it the least and it makes it easy for us to like regardless of whatever crisis is happening if we can doom scroll on instagram or tiktok or facebook or whatever then it doesn't even really matter what is going on because whatever, <laughs> like we, there's nothing we can really like do about it. And, and, and so the thing that I was writing about is, is also I'm, I, I definitely use poetry and music to cathartically get through emotions and experiences and stuff. And just, I, I write all these things out and the nugget that came out eventually is that we actually really can do something, but we as individuals can't really do anything. And so I think that's the really isolating part. That's the, the hard part in this experience that we're having is that we really do feel extremely alone and quarantine exacerbated that feeling and everyone felt extremely alone and now that even we don't have to be anymore that we can actually be out in public some more we kind of got used to just being alone and we don't really like it but we got used to it and so again sort of la the path of least resistance we i speak we as if i'm like speaking for everyone uh, <laughs> it became easy to just stay inside and not talk to anyone and just keep to ourselves whenever there is actually a lot we can do. And, and you're, you had mentioned that you went to protest a lot and, and that's something I've that noticed, really, I've noticed yeah. that the amount of, I don't know, maybe it's also cause I'm less involved because I've been like busier, like doing like school and art and like, um, and work that I haven't like been, maybe it's that I haven't as been as engaged in political activism, but I felt like there was, I don't know. I feel like there was constantly more like protest work going on in the city, like during like the height of COVID mm -hmm. when like people were 
I don't know. They needed it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like people needed. I feel like people needed. Uh, people were angry and people were. Yeah, I. I think they. I think they needed it. I think that's true. I don't know. I. I think that. I feel like I've learned a lot from like, in, engaging like in activism with other people and stuff, and I've never I've never quite been the person that's like been the leader in those situations like I have friends in the city like my friend Corbin who like does like different like coalitions and like uh what's the word um not nonprofit. it's like when you're like working with like an organization of other people to like <sighs> yeah well just like an organization designed to like create change yeah I just can't remember what the word is I'm like drawing a blank um Gosh, well, it's what it, it's whatever. Like, I um, I I don't know. I've just learned a lot about the nature of people through that, and like what why people do what they do, and like why people feel the need to like do certain things to help. And like a lot of times, there's people that like do stuff like that just because they want to be in a leadership position. And it kind of reminds me of like growing up in the church almost like when I go help with like if I go like help with like um you know mutual like mutual aid type stuff yeah mm. like it reminds me of growing up in the church from like you're seeing like you see some people that like are like really care about it and like are legitimately about the cause and like are like some of the nicest like most down-to-earth people and, and there's other people that just like want to be seen doing good things yeah and I don't know. I was actually like thinking, this is funny. I was actually thinking about this in the shower today because like I ran into my, I saw a snarky puppy last night with, mm. with my friend Griff because he like had tickets and I don't know. Have you ever heard of them? Yeah. Yeah. Did you go last night? No. Okay. Well, it was really cool. And like, I'm, I'm not much of a like jazz person. I'm not like, that's just like, I grew up like listening to blues and stuff, but like mm. the more like technical stuff, like just has never been my thing. But like, I, I, like watching it and I think that like in a live setting it's really cool but I ran into my old youth pastor there and I was just thinking about like different like leaders in church that I like grew up with and stuff and like so like I don't know some it's fun it's hard because like even though like I don't agree with like the way the church does things or like certain aspects of that I feel like there was people that like I went that were like leaders, like certain youth pastors I had and stuff that like really did care about me, mm. you know what I mean? Or like really did care about like helping kids and stuff. And like, it's weird to see people from like different ends of like the political political spectrum and like ideas of morality and stuff and be like, oh, this person like really does care. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I really, and I have a, I don't know, I have a hard time like writing people off because of that because of like that growing up experience where I'm like okay like this person really did like want to invest in me and like invest in other people and like I remember I had this youth pastor and like he was like one of the coolest dudes and he like if people would like you like if you heard like a kid use the word gay or whatever he'd be like don't he'd be like don't do that that's like you're yeah. that like that's bullying like this and that like like and I'm sure he's still like held like with homophobic views and stuff but like the fact that as a kid that he was like trying to make like church feel like a safe space and like don't like he like, if people like used if you heard anyone like used hate speech like at church like he would be like mad at them and like talk and like talk to them about like why it was wrong and stuff and like I think to me that was like I was like oh this dude rocks like he's yeah, so cool yeah. for that um you know and I don't know it's just like I just I think growing up in the church makes me apprehensive to trust people period period though like in this in that sense where I'm like okay why is this person doing this like is it because they like want to be a leader and want to like be viewed as like a strong like figure or is it because like they actually are trying to make a change I don't know if that makes sense yeah yeah uh can it be both I think it's definitely both. I think it's, I think it's even both for me sometimes. I mean, like whenever you think about like the stuff like you were talking about earlier, like, is there anything we can do to like change things? Like, I don't know. So two, two things came to mind as, as you were talking about that. And one is that statistically younger generations are continuing to go to church less. It's just like every generation that goes by, they go to church less. Uh, and are less religious. And so uh, we 
in the absence of religion and church, we're kind of looking for something else to fill that gap to give us purpose. And so, and this is something I talked to Dave Hannon about, uh, that who's Dave Hannon? Uh, he's a musician. He's in Gonzalo Bronzo. Uh, oh, cool, cool, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he he talked about how, like, yeah, we're using politics sometimes as like our church and it's like this is what we're gonna worship now or this is what we're going to like throw all our focus on now and so yeah there are some people that like go into those spaces and and treat it in in some ways like that kind of thing and yeah there are some people that are seeking to be leaders that are looking for admiration they're looking for stuff that same thing happens in church where it's like oh i'm a youth pastor i'm like a pastor i'm you know the leader of this thing this and is like my identity are, yeah yeah and people are looking at me for this um, but at the same time, in the other way that church fulfilled a thing where it's like, here's a purpose for you, that those people that were actually invested in you and the youth and wanted to actually make sure that people were getting better and were getting the the care that they needed, that actually was their, their purpose and their vocation, if you will. And so the, the thing is, is that we can still do that outside of church. And we can actually provide that kind of space for community. people regardless of if Christ is at the center of it. And there, there is a community regardless. And, and everyone can find a niche or a, a community to, that will actually like care for them and that you can care for too. And I mean, for me, I, I think it's like the music scene. And even though I'm not, as like active in it as I would like to be, I also still have. You're this, still you're pretty yeah you're pretty, you're pretty like, active in it, dude. I uh, am getting people on the podcast and trying to like connect people that way. You've been doing it for a minute. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's an understatement, but <laughs> that. Uh, well, you know, I I know you've been doing it for like what six years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a so, long time. Yeah. yeah. Um, for for any podcast, and so and like yeah, I'm I'm proud of that. Um, that is crazy. Brother. Like that you were doing it. Like when I was like, had just got my driver's license. <laughs> uh, yeah. Shit. You're young. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, you know, I'm 22. I'm okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm, I'm young. young. Too. I'm young. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah, young yeah, too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the little, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, in some ways, like for me in, in an absence of church, I find purpose through talking to people about deep shit, you know? So, and, and giving voice to people in the music scene and no matter where I am, I'm always going to value. You were Catholic, right? Uh, I was Catholic. Yeah. So like, what do you, what do you, what was your experience like in the Catholic church? Like that you feel like was different than like what you've heard or what you've seen in people that grew up in like Protestant churches? Um, there's a little bit less of a cult of personality because the foundation of the church is always present. So in what I've seen, and this is just my perspective, what I've seen in Protestant churches is that like the pastor is the, is the beacon, even though the pastor is saying like, you know, Christ is the beacon. Like the pastor is this charismatic person that brings all the people together that everyone is looking to and they're they're listening to his usually word uh <laughs> in oklahoma pretty much exclusively his. yeah yeah um and so th and then you know the people under him uh will be like so yeah there's like the youth pastor and the worship leader and the you know the women's leader and the the mother's leader yeah yeah um and all of these people are like kind of serving, yes, God in a way, but in a, still every church and there's so many churches in Oklahoma that like, it's not like everyone is so structured around God. Everyone is structured around that specific building and, and who runs that building and the cult of personality that is the foundation for that building, which is the main pastor. And What's different in the Catholic Church is that 
uh, yes, there are like there's the priests uh, and, you know, the nuns, if they are, if there are any. And there's, you know, there's still worship leaders sometimes, but it's usually like or like you know, you, a youth a, outreach choir person. director. Yeah, there's usually like the, the head of the youth group. But they always defer to the church, which is like an actual organization that is helmed from fucking Rome. Uh, <laughs> and like there's a book there's the catechism of the catholic church right. that we can like literally refer to like oh on page whatever or like section blank of blank you know this is the policy that the catholic church has about blank and that's something that like someone can't just make that up someone can't just choose to interpret something from the bible the way that they decide to because like there is a ranking or there's a pecking order that like someone can check on and be like, yeah, the church has already said something about this. This is what it says. And for this is going to sound mean for those that don't want to dig any deeper and don't want to think for themselves. That makes it really easy for you. They just show up. Yeah, you show up. They tell you what to think. And it's like, cool. That's what I agree with. And for a long time, I was like, I want to agree with this. And I was seeking to agree with it. And I kept asking questions and I kept trying to like figure it out. And the more that I dug, the farther away I got from it because the answers weren't sufficient enough for me and they didn't love enough. I wanted to love more than the church did. Um ultimately that's kind of what did me in that i i was trying to love more than the church allowed me to um and and i think that's that's the falling out that a lot of people have is that like what about this person don't they deserve love and they're like well they're bad because blank and and a lot of people just hate the the hypocrisy of churches um and that drives people away that like you know a lot of things that atheists say is or you know agnostics say is like oh like you know i'm i'm okay with god i just hate his fan club um and yeah but all that to to summarize is that yeah the the catholic experience is a little bit different because we can always like refer back to the catholic church the foundation that was set from saint peter fucking forever ago uh, right. and you know, you can say what you will about the corruption and the millions, uh, millions of people that are contributing to the thousands of years of systemic oppression that the Catholic church has done. Yeah. 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 Um, but like, it's still, you know, foundational. It's something that anyone can refer to and be like, wow, this, you know, has been here for years. Uh, so I guess, yeah, if you're looking for structure, it's there as opposed to a a scrappy church led by a young pastor that just got enough money to like have a small building that is on the brink of collapse any day now. And as soon as, you know, it's revealed that the pastor cheated on his wife, then no one goes to that church anymore. Yeah, that stuff has happened for sure. Yeah. I, I, I think, I don't know, I think... Or that the pastor is gay. That stuff also happened. But I think, <laughs> I, I, I think that, I don't know, there's interesting, like, there, like, the digger you deep into, like, it's like older churches that have more structure in, in like, terms of Baptist churches and stuff. Like, I, there, there are churches that are, like, part of denominate, like, Baptist denominations that do have some kind of thing they refer to. But, like, the churches that are, that have like a younger crowd are usually like non-denominational, like life church and stuff like that. And they, you know, they don't really have mm -hmm. life church is funny though. I think, I think all of that stuff is kind of funny. Like Christian media is so funny, dude. Christian yeah. media oh, yeah. is awesome. It, it, uh, like from an ironic standpoint of view, like Christian media rocks. It's so, it's so like, it's so, that's one thing that I always struggled with. Like at, when I, no, you're good. Um, that's one thing I always struggled with was like, well, it's like, why is there, why is so much Christian media bad? <laughs> like, why is it so, why is it so cringe? And like, there is, there is stuff that's like legitimately, there is some th things that are like good. Like there are some Christian bands that 
I liked as a kid that I think still hold up. Like I think Jars of Clay is still cool. I think uh, Gun Gear. I don't know how you say it. Like it's like I don't know. It's like a Christian band. I can't remember what it was called, but um, or how to pronounce it at least. Um, the first concert I ever went to was a Switchfoot concert. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. And that's funny is for bands like the better Christian bands are like the bands that are bands that happen to be Christian rather than Christian music bands. Uh, and so I think Reliant K, Reliant is, K is, cool. is a Christian band. Uh, Soup John Stevens is a Christian artist, but he like doesn't make, I mean, he's also it, gay and pretty open-minded. Sure. Sure. <laughs> uh, but like, you know, in the end it's, if you dig down deep enough into the art, it's like, Oh, and God, yeah. it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah for sure. Uh, so I mean, Kanye is a Christian artist. Kendrick Lamar is a Christian artist. Uh, so, yeah, with with those as well, it's like if you dig down deep enough, the art will. You don't have to dig very deep. Ultimately, for say, Kanye. yeah, yeah. Kendrick is pretty upfront about it. Uh, yeah, Kendrick's upfront about it for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean the that's where like the good media comes from. Whereas like yeah, the cringe media that comes from. I don't know how so many things can be said in the Christian music medium. You know, like, have you not said everything? I feel like they've said everything. You mean like that you can? Yeah. I I think oh, I think there are some artists who do stuff that's like provocative that are Christians that I was that like that like has like blown my mind. I, I like like there's this one artist. um called king's kaleidoscope and whenever i was like still going to church and like a part of the church he, he has this song i can't remember what it was called um oh it's called a prayer but like he i can't remember what he was going through but he's just like going through like a really rough rough time like either with his church or i think he had like a kid like die and like like stillborn or something yeah. yeah like just going through a horrible rough time and he has this song where he's like he like, i don't know but he like used the f word in the song and the Baptist denomination, like, was like, you can't, like, like, do you know where OBU is, the college? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, OBU is like, you can't, like, you can't play here anymore and stuff. And it was, like, mad at him for, like, using the F word. But, like, he was describing, like, how much pain that he was in and, like, how, like, in the song, he's like, Jesus, he's like, where are you? Like, where are you? Where are you? And then the song has, like, a two-minute silence that is, like, like representing of like how he feels like he can't hear God. Mm -hmm. And then it comes back in and like from the perspective of Jesus and is like, and is like, I'm like right beside you. Like, I love you. But like the way that it's done is so like a lot of Christian media to me just feels, feels like inauthentic praise and like doesn't deal with any other aspect of a relationship with a God other than like, Oh, like, I'm you're so good. I like I love you. Like all of those things totally can be true if someone has a relationship with God for sure. But like the aspect of feeling doubt and feeling like lost and feeling like really not okay and like to the point of feeling like I feel fucked. Like that is a real aspect of life and like the fact that it feels like Christians ignore that in their media like that these feelings that you're having like when I see someone that is like a Christian, like acknowledging that, like in their art, I'm like, Oh my God, this, this is awesome. Like, I, I believe you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I believe you, like, yeah. I don't believe, like if you don't have any doubt or like concerns or struggles, like I don't believe you as a Christian. Mm. Like I don't, I don't, I, I, I think if, if someone is not, if someone is not like having doubt, I don't think they're searching hard enough. Yeah. Like, I don't think they're like actively trying to see what they actually believe. Cause I think most people don't test what they believe. Mm. Well, I don't know. I, I think a lot of people test what they believe, um, but maybe don't get the space to do so. Um, oh yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, that. I don't know. And, and it might also be that like, you know, it's totally, it's totally okay to be an NPC. Like <laughs> you could totally just like do your job and be cool with it and 
not expect any change from your life. Like, honestly, you did it. Like, you, you, you figured it out. And we as like creatives or whatever, who are always like challenging ourselves and like never satisfied, we like look at that and be like, how can you live like this? But honestly, like, cool, you did it. <laughs> and and so yeah i guess being i guess you're right being content can be nice <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah sometimes that does mean is like oh you go to church and it's like you pray and and do the stuff that they tell you and it's like yeah that's enough for me it's like wow really it's like yeah wow okay cool <laughs> and yeah maybe oh maybe you should be digging deeper why aren't you struggling and it's like I'm good. I think, I don't know. I've, I've had conversations with my dad before where I've literally been like, I like don't understand. Like how have you, have you ever questioned? He's like, no, like I just know, like I know that this is true. And I know that like, I don't know the thing about like never comparing like the historical accuracy of the Bible to anything other than itself has always been something that like frustrates me, (laughs) but like you can find proof of this within the document itself. Yeah. Right. But like, and not to say that like, it's, not true completely because i can't prove anything for certain but like i mean i can certainly give you resources <laughs> no i know i know i'm just saying like in terms of like i'm not here yeah, yeah. to be like to be like i don't know i don't want to be one of those people who's like you got the fucking fairy tale like i'm that's not me like that's not my mission but like me neither but i i don't know i still think like for me i like just want to know what's true so bad yeah. Like, I want to know, like, what's true and what's right and, like, what the right thing is to do. Like, I I think growing up in church gave me, like, this OCD, like, anxiety around, like, wh- am I doing, like, what's moral? Am I doing what's right? Like, I constantly think about it. Sometimes to the point of, like, doing the wrong thing because mm-hmm. I overthink it. But, like, I think that – and it's just – I think the nice thing that makes me sad is that, like, my parents and a lot of Christians will think that, like, the reason that I'm doing – these things is because it's easier and it's like sin and it's like my sin nature that's sure, like leading sure. me to do like whatever when the truth is like i'm thinking about it really hard and these decisions are not things that i'm like doing out of like ease and like whatever's the easiest yeah yeah like i just remember my i don't know my mom my mom and like my dad sometimes would just be like i feel like you're just doing this because it's easiest and it's like really like I'm choosing to live like not go to church and live a different life than you because it's easiest for me to like like have conflict with my parents like <laughs> ignore the culture that I grew up in and like it's not basically not be in touch with all the people that you grew up with yeah you grew up with yeah like like be considered like a weirdo for like the way that I present myself like with th- basically everyone that I would have growing up with as a kid like it's not easy like it's hard it's if anything it's harder it's just like but like at a certain point you kind of just gotta i don't know do whatever you feel is best yeah and it's something else that i do have to bring up is privilege in that uh yeah there are some people that have like figured it out and you know are fully content with their life and they go to church and the church gives them the answers that they need and all that stuff. And it's like, wouldn't it be nice, right? To, to like be the kind of person that isn't fucked with every day against their will. Mm -hmm. Right. And so being queer or being a person of color, like you, you have no choice, but, to struggle because everything else is struggling against you just existing. Uh, (laughs) And so like, yeah, there are some people that have figured it out, but they also do sit nicely in that range of privilege that allows them not to be fucked with. I think that's ultimately what made me leave the church is because like it, I don't know. Cause it's like, even I could get behind the idea of them like disagreeing with other people's I don't know it's fu- it's fucked up either way but like <laughs> I could I could I could understand how they they're like okay this book says that this is not okay that being gay is not okay that being xyz is not okay in my eyes so I have to like I understand wh- why like I it's so stupid but, but like I I I get where the, I get it I get it. But what I don't understand is like, 
what that has to do with like how you treat someone, you know what I mean? Or like how you, um, you know, like they're just, they're just like isolating, like the church's audience is people and they're just isolating their audience. Like it, it's the church will die because it will not evolve. And it's really sad. And I think I just don't understand, like, I don't know. People will interpret the Bible however the fuck they want. That's true. Uh, (laughs) And so it's not even so much that the Bible says that being gay is bad. Because it also kind of doesn't. It kind of says, well, it from what I've heard, like, I've heard a lot of different things. But one, one of the things I've heard is that, like, and was like the way it was interpreted was basically like don't be a pedophile in some of the verses like because like historically like i don't know it it basically says like the word that has been translated it's like boy love yeah yeah it's like yeah don't be a male prostitute a young boyish male prostitute uh don't sleep with them you will not inherit the kingdom of God if you sleep with these male concubines or whatever. Right. Uh, and so <laughs> um, I'm sure there are places where those still exist. And to acknowledge the historical context in which the book of Leviticus was written is that it was a set of rules written for, for nomadic people, Levitican priests. Uh, and so these are the chosen people of God. And if you follow these rules, you will inherit the kingdom of God, according to the Old Testament. Isn't like Leviticus like pre-agricultural revolution? Like it's like real. Yeah. it's like crazy old, right? It It's pretty old, but it's it's not quite that old. I mean, the Old Testament is about like being hospitable in the desert. Like <laughs> right. if you're not being hospitable in the desert then God gets angry at you, which is why he blew up Sodom and Gomorrah. Like it wasn't because they were having butt sex. Uh, it was because uh, whenever God sent his like envoys down, they like threatened to like rape and kill them. Uh, which is bad. Yes. Um, and it's like, no, the desert is an inhospitable place. You should be hospitable to people. You should be generous to your guests because if you are out there, and you need help in the desert, then you will need it too. So if we all protect each other in the desert, we can make it a bit more hospitable. And I keep bringing up the desert because it's relevant to uh, where it was written, which is why it encourages circumcision. Because if you get a bunch of sand in your dick, it'll get infected and you'll die. And the people who cut off their foreskin didn't, get their dicks infected and they lived. And so they're like, look, God's chosen people have cut off their foreskin and they survive better. So these are the chosen people of God because they're alive. Yeah. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. <laughs> I, um, I don't know. I just remember growing up in the church and like feeling like, I don't know, like having done like things that were like, I don't know, just being a person who's, like, I don't know, being a person who's bi and like, just like having this feeling of like, like also, I don't know, of like also liking girls and just being like, well, like I should just like drop this other part of me. Like it's, it's in, like, it's not, it's not worth the, the struggle. Like it's not worth it. Like it's so like, I need to just pretend like that these parts of me don't exist because if I, I don't know if I do like my life is going to be like more inconvenient and like but it's still like just being something in the back of my head that was like this sucks yeah and going back to the whole people will use the bible to interpret whatever the fuck they want is that uh western or wasps don't like gays (laughs) they already have that bias And so they just look for ways in which the Bible will help them continue to interpret it that way. And so regardless of what the Bible actually says, they're going to find the thing in it that will justify their hatred of certain people. 
And so you can use the Bible to justify slavery. You can use the Bible to justify uh, white people being superior to black people. You can use the Bible to justify uh, like being violent towards whoever the fuck you want. Um, and if you're, yeah, if you're biased enough and don't really ha like have to think about it that hard, you can just interpret the Bible to say whatever you want it. It's a say. pretty good story. Yeah. But, but like, it's not just a story. It gives you a whole bunch of like guidelines. Rule, rules and guidelines. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, in terms of like, I don't know, they're like all of those, all, like all the three Judeo Christian, like religions, like the, like there are the main three heaps, sorry, Abrahamic religions. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I find a huge fascination in them. And I think they're good stories. I think the Quran's a good story. I think that like, you know, I, I think it's, I, I think that they're like, I don't know. I think if they weren't good books, they probably wouldn't still be around, but maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't think that's necessarily, yeah. Well, you don't think they're particularly good books? Well, it's more about what has been invested in it, right? Like, so. That's true. <laughs> and, and I think this is going to be a, a seemingly wild analogy here, but like the good music doesn't just rise to the top that's just not true like if some uh, did i say this to you like there's there's a chinese teenager that plays guitar better yeah, than yeah, yeah. anyone in the world and you will never hear them or, or not even just that because technicality isn't sure, isn't sure. everything there's there's someone who writes a beauty i get like the sentiment is there's someone who writes beautiful songs that we'll never hear yeah. yeah and and that's like there is no you have to combine all of the things you have to combine marketing with image with with luck luck with just you know it's an investment the music industry is an investment and it's gambling yeah <laughs> And so do you think that's do you think that is what the like what the religions are, though? Like, do you think or like religious texts are? Do you think like there's nothing particularly special about the Bible versus like other like I'm trying to think of like other like religions that were a thing around the same time? Like, you know, like uh, not Byzantine. I'm thinking of like that, like 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 Babylonian stories and stuff like that. Do you think there was nothing like particularly amazing about it it just like was the thing that rose to the top and because of history and like luck and yeah yeah i mean like there's there's tons of books now that you could just go to the library and there's probably a book that says like how to live your life the best way and you can read that book and you can make a religion out of it personally right like you could you could just follow all the guidelines in that book and you you could probably live a pretty decent life for that random book I just made up. Uh, <laughs> and that book doesn't have thousands of years of history, history and cultic followers, like building it up, but like it exists now and you could follow that book. Like there's, there's tons of books that you could read now and, and make a religion out of it personally. Uh, and yeah, they, they don't have that like context, but you know, it, everything just kind of flows downward, I guess, in, in that, like I said, the Old Testament was written in the desert and the people who followed these rules survived. And so they decided to be like God's chosen people and they followed these rules and they survived. And like that became significant because it allowed them to survive. Um, and so then if you hold on to these rules you get to be part of the club that lives. Right. Um, it's interesting. <laughs> one thing I find myself thinking about is like, it's interesting that, like you said, people have used the Bible to um, basically literally at pretty much everything. <laughs> like Christianity has been like, has been like everything. Like it's, it's like been like, like Christian God has like been the freedom for, people that are like enslaved whether it be like the jews or like people like singing like like 
gospel hymns like in chattel slavery or like or like whatever like god has been like the freedom for like a lot of people but like it's also been the thing that's used to to like enslave people like to like it's just so it's been everything and it's so weird and like it's for me that's like what makes it so confusing is like it's like like you said it's really been used for to pretty much uh as the like to back it's been used to back pretty much everything like that you can imagine yeah yeah um does the KKK member worship the same God as the one suffering under Jim Crow? It's so, yeah, I mean, I would, I don't think so. But and so <laughs> it, it is weird. It is really, really weird. Like that, that like this, like one book has been like such a, like, I don't know. It's just so weird. Right. And I mean, we can, we can make, a religion out of anything that that's kind of more the point i'm making is you know we can make a religion out of science we can make a religion out of politics we can make a religion out of whatever and and we we make a religion out of our jobs as well so like this is actually something i definitely uh, do that again uh dave hannon uh sent me this thing that was like this uh author and like i think journalist researcher or whatever is he a christian um dave no i don't think so uh no no uh, <laughs> i don't think he would describe himself that way um but yeah he he sent me this thing this podcast where uh she was talking about how the workplace has become the church and all of the important decisions that we make are based around our jobs whereas you know maybe in the 1940s or something would have been based around like our community and our church and so what like oh we can move to this neighborhood and like let's say if you're catholic we can move to this neighborhood and there's a catholic church nearby so i want to like be in this neighborhood whereas uh now it's like oh i want to live in a neighborhood where my commute to my job isn't as bad uh and we make important life decisions based on that and it's like people's people are like less and less getting married and having kids as well and it's just like i think i think people's careers in general are just like becoming a bigger like i, I mean my parents were at my age who were married and my mom had already had i think my sister and maybe even me yeah. at 22 yeah and so like there is this weird feeling of like i have invested in something completely different well that's also a systemic issue about like Not one generational wealth and like how much minimum wage hasn't changed in well, the time parents, so it's like yeah, yeah, yeah my parents didn't definitely didn't have money they just had kids like sure you sure. know what i mean like right my, but they were still able to like live <laughs> that's true they did even if, yeah we we did not we did not die that yeah, is yeah. true <laughs> uh you're right they were still able to like pay rent and feed us hamburger helper and what and whatever yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 um and the fact that like yeah my my mom went to college in the 80s she was a exchange student uh from where from venezuela um <laughs> And, uh, yeah, like she worked part-time as a waitress at a restaurant and was a full-time exchange student in Miami, Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, what a place. Right, right. And it's like, that is unfathomable today, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is no way. I remember I was talking, I can't remember, it was like someone that i was like friends with that like i was talking and then they were talking about how like their dad got here by like driving from like i can't remember it was ecuador it was like it was somewhere in south america like mm -hmm. just like just driving to um, to america like at like 16 like or 16 or 17 i just remember thinking like what the fuck dude like i can't even imagine like i have like god i can't imagine like i cannot imagine i cannot yeah, yeah. imagine the 
the economy, the systems, whatever, like a lot of shit happened in the eighties. Uh, and so, yeah, everything's been uh, set up to make those things way more complicated or way more difficult. Uh, voting is harder now. Traveling is harder now. Uh, college is way more expensive. Jobs don't pay as much. Uh, our degrees aren't really worth anything, blah, blah, blah. These are the things that people our age are worried about and uh, and again going back to it feel like we can't do anything about it is it, it is frustrating it is frustrating to feel like i still feel like a child because of the systems that i've like i don't know that like are like i don't know like are the fact that like i i can't like that rent is so expensive that like i couldn't like could either cheat for at least for me because of the economic place that i was in like I could either choose to go to school and live with my parents or I could choose to move out and like just like work full time to like pay rent. Like I couldn't do both. And there's a lot of I think there's a lot of kids and people that are in that same. Obviously, there's a lot of people that are in that place. But I I do think like it made me feel like in college, it has made me feel like a child in some ways because it's frustrating that like I'm still living at home and like living under my parents rules and stuff at like, well, I don't really live under the rules as much because I'm a grown person but like (laughs) I you know it's still like I still try to you still have to be um you still have to kind of care about like what what they think and what they feel like you know what I mean like you you have to be respectful you have to be respectful of their house and their and the way that they choose to live and the way that you choose to live Mm -hmm. and I think that um I think that that is one thing that has been frustrating is like to to work really hard to like get part of my school paid off and then the rest is just going to like be debt and still have to like live at home and do these things. But like, you know, it's still intensely privileged that I'm even going to college and that I have the thing to live at home. Yeah, that doesn't mean that your problem isn't real, though. And that doesn't mean like everyone, a lot of people have them. Yeah. 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 Everyone has privileges and everyone has problems. And just because you have privilege doesn't mean that you don't have problems. That's something that, uh, I feel like everyone kind of fluctuates on is like, wow, I'm really privileged in this regard. Like I live in the United States. I don't live in like fucking Sri Lanka or something. I don't know what's going on in Sri Lanka, but like, (laughs) and, and like, yeah, that's a level of privilege. But like, also if you do still have like thousands of dollars in student debt, like it's frustrating that is is a real that's a real ass problem um and yeah you don't have it the worst but like that doesn't mean that you don't have problems (laughs) my manager don who you had on not that long ago uh from the journal from less than line he was talking to me and we were talking about student debt and he was like just don't pay it he was like he was like there's no like there's no debtors jail just don't pay it if we don't if nobody pays it then none of us have to pay it and i'm like um And I was like, I kind of think about that. I'm like, yeah, what if we all just don't pay it? (laughs) Right. Yeah. And so that actually, yeah, that's the other nugget that I would, that I came across as I was writing this angry poetry is that like, we can organize, like we can, the, the reason that for example, the FDIC was created was that like banks have to have a certain amount of money in them. Uh, but if everyone just decides to pull all their money out of a bank and they don't have that money, like people just like won't get their money. Uh, and the FDIC ensures like a certain amount of money in everyone's bank account so that this thing doesn't happen. So that even if there is a run on the bank, people can still get like their money because it's supposed to be their money. We can totally organize and be like, you know, get a a group going and decide that like, yeah, this many like thousands of people are going to decide to stop paying their student debt. What will happen? <laughs> yeah, and know. and so like, but that's the thing. We have to be organized about it, right? And so if if we all vote, if we all get together and fucking show up at supreme court justices houses uh if we all like you know we can be we can be fucking scary right like as an individual like sure you can be annoying right yeah or you can fucking buy a gun and kill 
tens of people in Minecraft in Minecraft. In uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but I'm saying that like this is these are things that the system allows us to do, and maybe the system oh, okay. doesn't I, I want thought, us to I do these I things. Were, I thought you were being like you go. Kill. I was like you can. No, kill. I'm not I'm telling you to go do this. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. saying this that like we are able to do that, and that's kind of fucked and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know why my brain just was like, I thought you were saying like in a praxis way, you're like, you're like, you can kill <laughs> legislators. I was like, yeah, I was like, in uh, Minecraft. In a praxis way, uh, throw cake at the Mona Lisa. That did things, right? Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, you're, you're saying like, we are able to. Yeah, if we organize. Yeah. Um, and so. Um, it is cr- like, I, I, the whole, I don't know, man, the whole gun situation is crazy. Well, I mean. They set up a system that allows everyone to have a gun. If you want a gun, you can get one yeah. for a certain amount of money, right. pretty easily. Um, I've I've never I've like never really looked into it, and I'm not very like educated on terms of like how hard it is like to actually like get a gun. Like I've never not. have <laughs> you have you like tried or like looked into it? Uh, no. Uh, I I'm a pacifist. I will not have a gun. Right pretty much ever um and also like you know the, like people's mental health around you is a real thing to like be concerned about so like if you personally are not in a mentally healthy place maybe you should not have a gun or if you have someone quickly in your, your disposal well. yeah yeah um so <laughs> uh yeah I'm, I'm not saying everyone buy a gun that's not a thing that i'm saying but i'm saying that like it's relatively easy easy to like the guy that shot up the tulsa hospital uh bought a gun at a gun show um like a week or so before and then bought an ar-15 at a gun store the day of that's what i think is so funny that people are like that are like well the the bad guys will still get the guns it's like people are getting these legally yeah like everyone who's like i don't know it's just it's insane yeah yeah and so if like if you as a responsible gun owner are willing to make the sacrifice of like one of my best friends is a hunter uh that is his hobby he likes guns um and so it makes complete sense to me that like yeah you use guns to hunt it's a hobby it's you know it's a it's a dangerous hobby guns are dangerous um but like you know driving a motorcycle is really fucking dangerous just driving a car is fucking dangerous um but like you know Cars aren't specifically designed to kill people, but guns are. Uh, and so, you know, it, I don't know if you need an AR, an AR to like <laughs> to hunt elk or deer. Um, an AR-15 is like a decent rifle for shooting at long distances. The fact that it's become a like the shooting rifle, like the public shooting rifle or school shooting rifle, is really weird because like in a in a shooting situation where you're in like enclosed spaces, a handgun is actually the better weapon to do so. Once again, I'm definitely not saying to, like, please do not fly me. Do not put me on any list. I'm not saying I'm just speaking straight facts here that like in a close situation, a handgun is the better thing to use. Um, I do think, I do think, I don't know. My thing is like, I do think we should still, the way I see it, that's hard is because I feel like it's more complicated than people would like it to be. I think that we do live in a country where the police have like systemically oppressed people of color and other people. And I feel like people, I feel like if we, hmm, I feel like that I think that the way it should be to, it's hard because I do believe that we should be able to still own, I feel like people should still be able to own guns to some extent, just because like people need to be able to defend themselves, like from the state, especially people of color. I feel like I totally understand right now. Like if someone like a person of color feels like they have to like have a gun to protect themselves from the state. And like, I think that, I think there's a lot of socialists now and like people on the left that are starting to feel that way too, that are like starting to feel like more complicated about the gun issue and like less of like, I don't know of just being like overall guns are bad. Cause like, I do think that they are like a tool and, um, but I think it's hard because like I, in, in some senses, like I feel like that we should just view guns like, like they do in like Japan and some other countries where it's like, yeah. okay, like you should have to get a, a like 
essentially like go to what is like a driver license course and like go and like learn how to use it, learn how to protect yourself, learn how to, again, if you're not doing those things, like, you know, like make it like, you know, make it more difficult. But the problem is if you do that, then like the people that are, um, that might need to defend themselves, that are systematically oppressed are going to be less likely to be able to gain them yeah so like if we do all that stuff it's definitely going to be the people that suffer from that are like people of color or people like in lower economic standing like do you know what i mean everything has nuance to to get on the news after a school shooting and talk about we should have less doors in and out of the school the day of the shooting you haven't spent enough time thinking about this problem and trying to inject nuance into the subject, right? So I'm speaking about Ted Cruz, yes. Uh, (laughs) And and like, honestly, all these laws, the thing that sucks is like all these laws just end up being laws that are like used to like harass black teenagers in lower income areas, like putting metal detectors in and like... And that's not even necessarily like a goal of the law uh, in the same way that the Bible can be used to interpret however the fuck you want it to be interpreted. You can use laws to uh, enforce however you want to enforce. And so if you (laughs) make it to where, oh, like these certain things are illegal in certain places, then it is up to the enforcer to interpret how they get to enforce those laws. Um, and that's something that we should question as a society. Um, (laughs) and so like, yeah, you are allowed to have a gun in this society, but are you? Because it's up to the enforcer to decide if you're allowed to have a gun in this society. Um, and so is it really legal to own a gun if the cop can shoot you anyways and get away with it? Yeah. (laughs) Um, and yeah, so I mean, but if you are a white gun owner, it doesn't affect you as much because you are less likely to, you're still likely to be harassed. Yeah. You're you're still likely to be killed, you know, not saying that white people don't also get harassed, but you know, those are also, uh, those tend to be like people in lower income areas. And so like. Yeah, everything has context and nuance, and the things that we do have like systemic. I think effects. the thing that's hard mm-hmm. is like yeah. when when shootings and stuff happen. Like that's that's what's taken away. It's like it's the context and the nuanced conversation is like it's just fear and it's just and it's hard. It's hard as especially whenever there's like this aspect of it that's like 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 when the people that are going and doing the shooting are are like the 4chan like mm-hmm. like people that are like white supremacists like the dude who shot up uh, at buffalo and stuff like it's hard because it's like well like he got that gun legally and like he's like and y- you know like that's the that's the other side of it is like that person is hurting people and like if we would have had gun restrictions like that would have kept other people from like it's just yeah everything we do has effects and so it's up to us one to have the conversation, but we've had the conversation. Like, not maybe not you and I, but like collectively. Not up to us as you and me, up to us as collectively as a society, right? Uh, Yeah. The American zeitgeist has had the conversation about guns. We've had it. We've had it for a long time. We've been having it since Sandy Hook. I'm tired of the conversation. We know what we need to do. It's just not happening. So what are we going to do? Now the conversation becomes, how are we going to get those in power to do what we want. What do you feel like needs to be done? We need to be scary. No, I mean, in terms of like, what do you feel like needs to be done legislatively to like prevent things like this from? Oh, all, all the common sense shit. Like, uh, and honestly, it's nuance, 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 nuance. Uh, <laughs> uh, truly universal healthcare, universal basic income. You feel like, you feel like, those things would prevent shootings because if people had it, I don't know. I don't <laughs> so, know. I don't know. I don't like, know. And which is why I said nuance, 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 right, nuance. Right, right. right. So it's like 
and and you know we've been talking for a long time this is already like an over hour long podcast but like we can get into it a little bit but more so the point is that like everything has like downstream effects and the downstream you think effects it would help of universal basic income and universal healthcare will reduce a lot a lot a lot of mental health issues. of the problems that we're having regarding honestly anything uh <laughs> yeah i so, think one thing that i think about though like when i think about that is the fact that like there are people that like grew up in like immense privilege that like still became school shooters and i think that that's why i feel like it is innately like both a mental health and like a regulations issue universal health care <laughs> yeah um and so yeah why why didn't these people and like yeah there needs to be like a cultural movement surrounding and like we've already been doing that we've been doing the because like elliot because like elliot rogers his parents were like super rich mm, i don't know who elliot rogers uh, is. he, he was like he was like the first like incel uh, um, killer person but like yeah the we we've already been doing the cultural work. We've been doing the 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 socio-cultural work that is like, you know, mental health is a real thing, that it's okay to be who you are and you know, we're fucking talking during Pride Month like it's these are things that we are culturally doing that like legislatively hasn't gotten to that point. And so I'm saying that in order for the things that we're talking about that we already all pretty much agree with in order to make the change happen that needs to happen, we need to organize and we need to be scary. Right. <laughs> Whatever that means. But those in power, those that are, you know, writing the laws and those in super rich that are running corporations need to know that they are not in power and that we collectively are the power. And so they want really hard to squash unions. They want really hard to squash protests. They want really hard to make it as difficult as possible to vote. They are doing all of these things to make it to where systemically we are not able to use our collective power. We're still scary anyways. And they're terrified of the collective I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Um, why would they immediately start trying to uh, pass a law about, oh, you can't protest outside of Supreme you, Court or justices. Or union busting. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so they know. They know the power that we have. So uh, let's use it. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> uh, Brandon, thank you so much for doing this with me. This is kind of a long one. Uh, <laughs> Where can people find you and your things? We are, uh, and, uh, regardless of all the things that we've been talking about, we are but lowly musicians. <laughs> Where can people listen to you and your music? Um, you can listen to my music at Spotify, uh, Grandpa Vern. And my our Instagram is grand underscore pa underscore Vern. We have Facebook, but we pretty much mostly just use Instagram and Spotify as our main things. Sweet. Yeah. Um, and, you know support the artists you know in the same way that like we as a people have power to create change we can also have the power to like help each other and the more we can like support each other's arts the more we can support each other's creativity the better this community becomes and we don't have to uh rely on like church (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. Uh, once again, I'm Santiago Ramones. I'm Brandon Russ. What Grandpa Vern song is about to play? Stomp out. <laughs> Somebody, push back in the face. 
You can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. I make music and produce audio. The music you're hearing now is music I made. You can listen to official releases by Santiago Ramones on Spotify, Apple Music, and the other streaming places. Or you can support me directly by buying my music on Bandcamp. I'm working on Hypothetical, my first singer-songwriter album. So if you'd like to hear that at some point, there are lots of ways to support me on my website. There's a Discord server in which we discuss deep topics from the podcast, but it's also a community of beautiful human beings. All the links to all my things are on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. Please take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It would mean a lot to me to hear what you have to say, and it lets others know what to expect better than I could ever explain. I want to help the world have deeper conversations. So thank you for listening to and supporting BitDepth. Uh, I always end the podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong. 